Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Brandt. She has over 35 years of clinical experience as a renowned psychotherapist, speaker, and author. We're discussing her newest book, Mindful Aging, Embracing Your Life After 50 to Find Fulfillment, Purpose, and Joy. Andrea, welcome to the show. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to be here, Rebecca. And so what inspired you to write this book? Well, I grew up in a very matriarchal family where I had a mother and a grandmother who kind of thrived and were active and produced well into their 90s. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. And they never complained about age. They just kept putting one foot in front of the other. My mother lost her eyesight at the age of... Um, 67 in 77, 1977, and um, took like nine months off and went back to her business and worked for another five or eight years. And my grandmother, God love her, was um, divorced my grandfather when she was in her late 60s, early 70s, remarried and got a second divorce at the age of 92. And when I said, Grandma, what did you do that for? I mean, that sounded crazy to me. Um, She said, you know, he was holding me back. And she had another six years of doing what she wanted to do and accomplishing what she wanted to accomplish. And I found all of that fascinating, especially if you place it next to how society deals with aging people today. I mean, you know, it must have been going on back then, but it certainly didn't stop these two women. Well, and I think, you know, times are changing a little bit, but I um, I was brought up in a, in a similar way. My mom always um, embraced where she, well, she still, <laughs> she embraces where she is, and um, her retirement is, is way more full and more active than, than she was, um, she prepared for this. She was excited for this. This is right. where she actually fulfilled all the dreams that she had instead of, you know, I hear some people, they retire and, and then they don't know what to do because they're not right. working and, and they're kind of lost which is great this is what you're um, approaching in your book of, of so that we don't feel that way so that our retirement is is like my mom's where it's more it's, it's full of, of everything that she really wants to have in her life yeah it's an opportunity of a lifetime we can grow happier more confident more loving and more engaged at the same time we're growing older and society kind of perceives older people as irrelevant you know non-entities they 
you know, my husband says when somebody says um, young fellow, you know, he feels like he's old (laughs) or women don't like the word (laughs) ma'am. They feel like they're over the hill. And, mm-hmm. and I see us as at the top of the mountain. <laughs> well, well, I, I agree. You know, there's um, you talk in your book uh, um, about how other cultures perceive age, which is a lot different than how it is in North America. And can you yes. just touch on that a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, the um, Chinese and Korean people see 80. You know, the number eight is very important to them. They see 80 as a huge celebration. And they have parties and everything like that. And um, the, uh, what's the other? um, uh, I'm trying to think of um, the... The African people see their elders as high um, priestess or priests. I don't mean religiously, you know. Um, but they're, they're acknowledging the, the wisdom and, and experience that they the have. Wisdom. You're absolutely yeah. right. And um, and, and the Asian cultures, the African cultures, and the Indian cultures. Well, and and I've seen this a lot in in other cultures, like, you know, in um, a lot of European cultures where people, they still live with their parents and and, um, they're... Um, acknowledging that relationship more than than what we're seeing in North America, where you know it's sometimes viewed as a, a burden. Um, right. If I'm, you know, it, you know, oh, my parents are old, and now I got to look after them, or I got to find somebody or deal with that. You know, and instead of it being um, a community event like it is in some places, it's right. it's a burden to us. Um, right. Even though these are people that sacrifice some of their life to look after us as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's not how we do it here. So so um, how do most people feel w- as they're aging? I mean, I think we all know this, but I'd, I'd like to touch on a little bit about what the common reaction is as we read certain ages, which I think is different for everybody. We all kind of have these scary ages. You know, it's, sure. it's joked about, you know? it's joked about, right? Yeah, it, it's people kind of get it when they begin losing people. Uh, sometimes they lose people that are much younger and they're just unfortunate deaths. And some people are demoted at their jobs or offered a package to leave. So they see certain things, or they see their eyesight failing, or something allows them to see that this is the last chapter. And and so, I, I mean, 
what is it in us that that's viewing it as that way because you know if if like your family lived to their 90s my grandma lived to be 104 but some people are scared at 50 which is actually half you know we've got 50 years left that's a lot of time so what is it that yeah. makes us so afraid of this well people are really afraid if of death you know i once read many years ago joyce mcdougall was um a famous analyst in France, Paris. And she wrote a book, I forget what the name of the book was at this point, but in it she gave a very interesting statistic, and this is back in the 70s, that people spend 98% of their time avoiding mortality. So mindfulness wasn't even a concept back then. So if people are spending by distracting themselves with uh, addictions or whatever she was referring to, people were spending so much time avoiding, they couldn't focus on what they wanted for their life. They were busy avoiding the inevitable. That the inevitable meaning that none of us are going to live forever. And what this book addresses is, this is true, but what are you going to do with the time you have? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, if we're, we spend all that time being afraid, we're not enjoying the time that we have. Exactly. Exactly, and I think it's so much, and I think that adds, because we're so frightened, it adds to some of the illnesses people get, and the fact that they don't have the life. You know, I think people are living longer and healthier, and in my book I call it the longevity bonus, in other words, this time is for you. Perhaps you've had a job and raised a family, or maybe you've done both and had to cater to other people. But now the time is for you. And I'm not suggesting that people abandon their parents and not help in caretaking. But what I am saying is don't abandon yourself either. Well, you know, and that's a, a balance as well, um, of which I think we all struggle with. I, I don't think it depends on our age of our responsibilities and um, ourselves. And, um, uh, you know, that I, I think that that's a, um, not just an over 50 issue. No, not at all. So in, in your book, you talk about being realistic. What does that mean? Well, realistic, yeah, I talk about it as realistic positivity. Realistic is being, um, seeing what is. Not being Pollyanna. Um, it's striving to see the totality of what is. Not just focused on, you know, um, our built-in negativity bias, not looking at just the negative or, as I said, Pollyanna's look at just the positive, but looking at 
both sides of the coin and then choose how we want to respond. And when we do this, we're much more able to expand beyond the limited view of our fear and see a brighter picture that has more possibility. The positivity aspect of this is sometimes defined as a way of viewing life that focuses on what gives us more pleasant emotions, you know. I want us to focus, if we're going to be realistic and see both sides, I want us to focus on what we really want and what will bring us love, what we would love to have in our life, what vision we would love to have, um, purely for the sake of having it. Well, and, and by, by Pollyanna, um, you, you mean just sort of being positive but not really um, ad- addressing what's there, just sort of, um, yeah. the, you know, um, so just to uh, pretend that it's, uh, um, you know, everything's happy-go-lucky and that kind of thing. coming up roses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, you know, and, and uh, we've addressed that sort of thought before on the show just briefly, um, but it, it's from from my understanding, it won't get you to an end point because you're you're not dealing with any of the emotions that are bothering you. I mean, it, it's okay to have negative emotions as long as we're as long as we're dealing with them properly. Yes, absolutely. You need to acknowledge them. Okay, so we're going to be back shortly. We're talking today with Andrea Brandt, and we're discussing her book, Mindful Aging, Embracing Your Life After 50 to Find Fulfillment, Purpose, and Joy. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Brandt. We're discussing her book, Mindful Aging, Embracing Your Life After 50 to Find Fulfillment, Purpose, and Joy. So, Andrea, um, we talked about realistic positivity before the break and just kind of, a, uh, you know, assessing um, things the way that we want it to be. But how can people approach this? I think it might be hard for, for some people, you know, to even realize that things aren't the way that they want so how can we go about realizing that we're we're not living the life that's bringing us that fulfillment and joy I think a lot of people um, get into habitual patterns of behavior which is why I think mindfulness is so important because it just breaks those habitual patterns so we need to be flexible and open and to change and create if we can begin a um, practice of mindfulness which I can explain um, if we can begin a practice of mindfulness then we can make room for new behaviors and new questions and ask ourselves if we're living a life of fulfillment, purpose, and joy. So we also have to know one thing that's really important. We're all uncomfortable with change, right? But there is no change without discomfort. We're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be pain. So um, can you explain what mindfulness is to us? Yes. Mindfulness is purposefully following, dropping down into your internal self, slowing down and dropping down, being very quiet, sitting quietly, and making yourself aware of what's going on in your internal world in the moment. It is a non-judgmental process. That's the key word, non-judgmental. And um, Dan Siegel has an inc- a great acronym uh, of qualities that you bring to mindfulness. The acronym is COAL. Um, I'm not remembering <laughs> what to see is O is openness, 
A is attention, and L is love. Um, oh, God, why am I not remembering what the C <laughs> is? That's, that's okay. I think we we, we get that the, the point there. And I've actually Dan Siegel was on the the show earlier this year, um, and uh, you know people are talking a lot about mindfulness, but um, you know I think sometimes it goes over people's heads about what that means and just to take that moment to be aware, even of just how your body feels that day. Um, you know, I get exactly. a lot of I get a lot of patients that come in and, and they don't they can't even describe their pain to me. And and that baffles me that they don't know how their pain feels but they, they're aware that it's there but they, they can't even explain it. And I think this goes on on all sorts of levels, not just this physical pain, but that we're not always aware of of what's going on until we stop and ask ourselves and, and, and dig into those layers and say, what, what is happening with me? Well, what you're saying is exactly what his C is. His C, it just came to me, is curious. There we go, yeah. There it um, is. It's curious, open, <laughs> accepting, and loving. And those are the qualities that if we bring to mindfulness... They will, it will give us more information about ourselves. Most people go through life in a trance. But if you're practicing mindfulness, you can't do that. You will become aware of what's going on in the present moment. Because trust me, the present moment is fine. It's when people start futurizing that they get themselves in trouble or they think of all the things they could have, should have, would have done in the past and that gets them into tears and regrets and everything. But if you can stay in the moment, which mindfulness helps you, and all you need to do is 10 or 15 minutes a day of this and you change your brain. So um, you said there's no change without discomfort. What yes. what sort of discomfort do people experience when they start just even to be mindful of yes. what's going on in their lives? Exactly. But it's, you know, so they see things that they weren't aware of, you know. Um, it's, it reminds me of Socrates' um, old line very old line. <laughs> um, an unexamined life is not worth living. And that's what this is about. It, seeing what's there, sitting with it, having feelings about it, expressing it if it needs to be expressed, releasing it if it needs to be released. And there's all, you know, pain... Uh, I read in a great book recently, um, Bouncing Forward by Michaela Haas, wrote this book, um, and she said that pain is a catalyst for growth. So um, when we're starting to be mindful, I mean, when a lot of people go into their past, sometimes they come up with um, depression or they, they feel shame, guilt, regret. Um, and those are all things when, when they can 
when they start to to revisit those things can start to affect them and probably was affecting them but they weren't dealing with the emotion now some people would argue that you know that's too hard so what do you recommend for people when those feelings start to come up that they're they're like well every time I, I have this mindfulness I'm I feel this way what what steps should they take so that they can address those those emotions to move past them well I go on record with everybody saying that I am aware that I am asking them to do the antithesis of what we're brought up to do. We live in a pleasure-based society based on the pleasure principle. And it says if it doesn't feel good, get rid of it. I don't care how you do it. Go shopping, exercise, get on the computer, start drinking. And I'm saying that is not going to give you a life of fulfillment, purpose, and joy. You have to sit with the feelings. And five minutes at a time will give you more information and maybe pleasure. It's not all pain. Maybe pleasure. I mean... The unconscious doesn't say, oh, well, we'll get rid of the pain and just let them have pleasure because the unconscious will take away the pleasure as well. So I suggest that they sit there and feel whatever it is that comes up. And that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid of feeling their feelings. But feelings never killed anybody. Feelings, sometimes not feelings, can create heart attacks and all kinds of things we don't want. But feeling our feelings, expressing them, uh, because if we don't, they limit us from going forward, from moving forward. So... um how can how I mean what happens if if we don't have these awareness of the thing of our feelings and we don't spend the time you know addressing these things? Well, what happens is people find themselves doing the same things over and over again. Perhaps you know they're getting diseases. Um, the important thing is to not deny, I mean, denial, suppression, and repression are the things that get us in trouble. And so, what were you going to say? No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, that maybe there's a trauma from their past life that is affecting them and they when people have traumas they act themselves out in the here and now as though they're still happening because trauma is in the body and it repeats itself over and over again unless it's dealt with so sometimes People, um, past childhood wounds or traumas, um, they don't get to see all the options. 
that they have. They really limit themselves. And so, you know, I might back off if somebody is resistant to doing it. I'll back off and I'll go back to the story. But maybe I see a symptom, you know, maybe I see someone clenching their hands. And so maybe I'll go to the symptom because the symptom sometimes tells a better story than the story. So I, I know I, there's a lot of discussion about how our, I mean, a lot of our, our behavior and patterns are are shaped, um, you know, as children. And sometimes it's not a huge trauma and we don't even recognize why we're feeling a certain way. We were maybe taught, you know, men are often taught stuff your feelings down, you're tough, and do this. So is there sometimes, um, you know, there can be a trauma, obviously, that we're just not dealing with, but is there something on a, um, what can almost seem like a more superficial level that is actually affecting how we're moving forward or stopping us from moving forward? Or not, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people get beliefs. Families, um uh, run, give their children beliefs like the world is a dangerous place, that something has to be done this way and not that way. I mean, I know people who've grown up in homes where if you didn't think exactly how the parent thought, you were wrong. So they have black and white thinking and they have perfectionistic thinking. Those are very self-limiting beliefs that don't allow people to move forward because there's no such thing as perfection, Rebecca. If we go along the line of perfection, we're only going to see flaws, things we have to make perfect. So we're in like the rat in the maze, just going around in a circle trying to redo what isn't right, but that's not driving us forward. So is it the perfection is a is an interesting word to Pardon? come up here. Uh, perfection is the perfection yeah. is an interesting word. Um, you know, I, I think that <laughs> that's something that most people are striving for, you know, to be that that perfect daughter, to be the perfect person, the perfect partner, the perfect mother. And right. um, and then they're losing that 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 perfect self because they're they're so worn thin on trying to do everything for other people because everything has to be so perfect. Right, and there's no such thing as perfection, and you can strive for excellence. You can be the best person you can be, but there is no such thing as perfection. So, I mean, that comes back to that balance that we talked about earlier that, um, right. I mean, I think we can approach this before we're 50, um, of, of balancing our lives so that we're, we're meeting our commitments or maybe paring down our commitments because we have too many and um, being true to ourselves as well. Yes. Yes, being true to ourselves. This is our time, and so we have to work really hard on becoming our authentic self and getting rid of that self-talk. 
you know, that you should be doing this or you should be doing that because somebody else thinks you should. Um, or that we think we should. Or, well, now they become <laughs> yeah. our beliefs, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one of the most common um, situations I, I see is women who come in who are like, they're working, they're the mother, they're the partner, um, you know, they're the hub of the family. I mean, that... that um, that is still true today that that women uh, women are trying to keep everything together whether their partner is helping or not they have this sense of responsibility still that's probably passed down to them um, even though the roles have changed and um, they tell me that they just can't even take 10 minutes for themselves at the end of the day because there's too much that they have to do and um, you know that that's sad to me because why wouldn't you want to take that time for yourself so you can continue to um, charge yourself to be that hub right exactly exactly no I agree with you Um, so uh, one thing that you also talk about is attachments so what what is that all about oh the the attachment is the brainstorm of John Bowlby. He talked about the attachment system where the baby needs to be attached, chooses a few precious people um, that they feel really attached to. And the attachment bond is really important. And that's when the mom gets down on the floor and plays and goos and coos with the child. And when the mom isn't there, when the child wants them to, you see the strength of the attachment because the child will have a meltdown. And what I talk about is that it's kind of like what Ed Tronic calls the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is when that's working beautifully and the mom and dad are in sync with the child. The bad is when they're not there when the child needs them, but they return and the child is um, is brought back online, if you will, and they're back in sync. The ugly is when there's no chance for repair. And, pardon? It's okay. Just keep going. There's no chance for repair between the child and the mother. And we call that an attachment wound that the child carries through his or her life. And it creates a lot of problems. And they grow up feeling like if I was taller, smarter, cuter, more of something than they were, they would have been able to get mom and dad to love them. So I want to talk about this more after a break. Um, we'll be we'll be back shortly. We're talking today with Andrea Brandt. She has 35 years of clinical experience as a renowned psychotherapist, and we'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Brandt, and we're discussing her book, Mindful Aging, Embracing Your Life After 50 to Find Fulfillment, Purpose, and Joy. So, Andrea, um, as we get older, one thing that can really get um, in the way for for people is loss because, of course, as we get older, we do lose people, whether they, they're passing on or they're just things are changing, right? You know, our lives are changing. Someone moves away. And I know that can be really, really hard on a lot of people to, to even find their own fulfillment because they're dealing with the loss of a parent, a loved one, et cetera. How can we, we deal with that loss? Okay. I, it is very, very hard and it's very sad. And what makes it hard for people is it, Brings, especially if it's a peer, it brings them front and center with their own mortality and the potential loss of others. But we need to grieve it and take as much time as we need to do so, which allows us to be vulnerable. We need to ask for help. Um, the vulnerability, if we allow ourselves to express it, will make us stronger. This is when having a community of friends and other people around us is so important. And if we have a spiritual perspective, that will also help. Um, Religion and spirituality, whatever it means for people, can offer a lot of comfort when you lose people, and um, you can tap into that side of yourself or maybe have other people open up about theirs and share that with you, but the social engagement has to be balanced with 
time for yourself. You cannot treat um, isolation with loneliness. So no, you can't how- treat loneliness with isolation. I said it backwards. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I yeah, it's, it, that does make sense. But I think as we get older, it a lot of people find it hard to make those connections. How can we approach that when we're we're feeling, you know, lonely and isolated, and um, you know, our lives aren't the same as they were? How can somebody reach out and and either change relationships or make new ones? Well. In my book, I give all kinds of strategies for meeting people, for becoming the kind of friend you want and you'd like to be, Um, and um, changing um, some relationships might need work, um, and that you need to nourish them and enrich them as you grow older. And you also need to continually, continuously rebuild the circle, you know, as connections drop away, as we're talking about the losses. Um, but there are ways of meeting people and um, taking classes um, joining a spiritual group, you know, um, relationships with children and dependents sometimes can be counted on, sometimes not, because they've got their own life. So you really need to forge healthy connections with others and keep in contact. It's like creating emotional safety. And, you know, one of the things um, people 50 and older really need to do, I see this on a daily basis, they need to learn how to have and address conflict in a spirit of connection and love. People are terrified of conflict. But my experience is that if you approach it from a place of goodwill and love, it can make a relationship stronger. So um, when when we're getting older, I mean, all these things are changing in our lives and we've touched on all of them. I mean, we're, we're physically not feeling the same and we're emotionally things can change or people can leave our lives in some way or another. Um, how can we find a way to embrace these changes instead of resisting them, you know, the way that your grandmother did of like, you know, she's 90 and she's going, he's holding me back. How can we, you know, most people would be like, oh, well, you know, I'm 90 anyway, right? Um, Which would be probably what you were thinking when when you approached her. So how how can we, you know, look at our lives and, and make this what we want? Well, I think we have to look at what is, but we also have to ask what could be. It's really, you know, important to think of it as today um, 
it, it's really um, if you do, if you'll indulge me here, I just want to read the last line of my book. The present is where we can make a difference. The future is always filled with possibility. And we create a tomorrow we love by what we intend, believe, and do today. And if we use that as a guiding post, guidepost, I believe that we can take action and grieve our losses while still having a life. Um, well, yeah, I think that's uh, powerful um, for anybody, whether they're 50 or over or, or younger. I mean, it, it's often that um, these, you know, losses or setbacks can um, get in the way and actually paralyze people from, from what I see. You know, they, they can't move forward because they're so afraid. Right. And, and, you know, that fear sometimes is either unrealistic or it's founded, but all they have to do is let go of that fear. And anybody on the outside can see is, like, you just need to step forward and and it will change. Um, but but I find it, it's that fear of that people are holding on to that somehow. Maybe it's comfortable or, well, I guess it's it is. It's what they you know. know. Yeah, it's what we know. It's Susan Forward wrote a book a long time ago in the 80s. It said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, uh, um, there's no change without discomfort comes in. There's going to be discomfort. None of us can avoid it. And what helps us is if we can be flexible and open and kind to ourselves. We need to have self-compassion. It's not easy. This time of life is not easy, but we don't need to make it more difficult by resisting through fear. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the fear, yeah, the, the resisting through fear, that's a good way to put it, um, you know, and, and um, we can be stuck in that for for 50 years, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, without those changes. I like that you, you said self-compassion. Um, I think that nobody's hard, hardest on ourselves than we are. Right. And, and um, that most of the time forgiveness actually needs to come from ourselves because of how mean we are to ourselves. Yeah, we you know? need self-forgiveness. Yeah, um, yeah. I, f- I find a lot of people, you know, in conversations with them, it's either because they don't, they don't trust themselves, they don't believe they can do it themselves. Um, you know, especially with that fear, they don't trust that they can move forward past it, and right. um, they've they've created that a, a block somehow to 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 get their minds around it. And, you know, another thing that I think is really helpful to people and where you meet people is if you start taking care of yourself, eating well, 
sleeping. There are all kinds of articles lately about how important sleep is and exercising. So if you go to the gym, you meet a lot of people 50 and over. And you're also taking care of your body and your mind. You know, that's a good point. I mean, it, it it's um, taking care of every aspect of yourself so that you can, yes. you know, be the best that you can be. Right. So, and, you know, people also forget this, but they can be mentors. You don't have to get paid, but the what you get back from mentoring someone is such a sense of of mastery and good feelings about yourself. I mean, you've got so much to give and to offer. Uh, well, I, you know, I definitely agree with that. Um, if somebody's listening and, and they realize whether they're 50 year over or younger and they want to make these changes so they are um, they are living their life with the purpose, joy and fulfillment that they want, what do you recommend as just the first step to make those changes? Well, the first step is to just I think people need to practice some mindfulness. So there's all kinds of books out there on mindfulness with exercises in them. There's groups, a mindful group. In California, we have what it's called Insight LA, and they run classes, and they teach you how to be mindful. Um, And that would be a first step that's not invasive, it's not even scary, except if there's stuff that comes up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, and if you're you're part of a a group or or some sort of course that's helping you with that, you'll have the the teachers and the the tools to deal with those stuff when they come up instead of doing it on your own. Yeah. yeah, and they're available, and they're all they're all compassionate. Um, so, is if is there any way that somebody can get a hold of you or your book if they have any more questions? Sure, they can go to Amazon. They can um, get in touch with me at a brand PhD. Abrandphd at abrandtherapy.com. There's only one T at the end. <laughs> and or my website, which is just abrandtherapy. Oh, perfect. Therapy, I, yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great show. Well, thank you, Rebecca. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Your questions and the conversation was very inspiring. Well, thank you so much, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Today we were talking with Andrea Brandt. We were discussing her book, Mindful Aging, Embracing Your Life After 50 to Find Fulfillment, Purpose, and Joy. But I think if you're under 50, you can still embrace a lot of what she's talking about. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank you.
you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. 